God allowed them to feel your warming presence and to know that you're ever near and with them. Oh God, allow friends and the church family to wrap their arms around the family and provide them the comfort and care that they deserve, oh God, to help their pain and their grief just become a little bit easier. So God, we're going to go ahead and praise you in advance because of what you're going to do. God, we're going to praise you in advance for how you're going to just surround yourself with this family through this difficult time. And God, we're going to recognize that you still get all the glory, all the praise, and all the honor because of the blessing that you have placed in our lives for the past 92 years. So God, we thank you and we lift you up today. In Jesus' name that we pray, amen. Oh! 
Amen. Would you keep those hands together? Keep those hands together and thank the Lord for the gift of the Hopkins. Come on, have we not enjoyed them? To God we give the glory. To God we give the glory. And we thank you all so, so very much for being here with us. And thank you so much for your gift. It is now time for our tributes. This is the time where we will invite um, several individuals to come over here to a mic. You will pick up your own mic and give your tributes. And um, first we will have um, Ira Alexander and Deacon in Training, Sister Eloise Alexander. After the two of them, then Michael Alexander will speak. Karen Archibald and Brother Stanley Brown will speak and you will come in that order. Okay, first the Alexanders. Would you put your hands together and receive them as they come? I want to remind um, each and every one of you that there is a time limit of ten, two minutes. So please be cognizant of the time. Thank you so much. We are here for a celebration, and um, I know that we want to hear the word of God. Amen. Anybody want to hear the word? All right, so keep um, those um, things in your mind. Praise God. To God be all the glory. Wow. 92 years. <laughs> That's a blessing. Yeah. My Aunt Willie, Louise Brown, what can I say about her? For one thing, uh, Aunt Willie was very unique. She was amazing. She was an amazing lady. She was a real jewel, a real sweetheart. She was a one-of-a-kind person. And she was a person to, that everyone seemed to gravitate to. And I first met um, Iris Aunt Willie in the summer of 1968 when I was dating Ira. And um, she was she and Ira's mom, Mrs. Jessie uh, Alexander Parks, were very close. And they were the very best of friends. And they lived together with each other, uh, with each of and with each of their children, along with Ira's Aunt Chris and her two children in a two-story duplex on Fifth Street, and which is close to downtown Charlotte. And one day, Ira decided he wanted me to meet his mom. He said, uh, I'll take you over to my mom's house so you can meet her. And he wanted me to meet his two siblings, his two aunties, his four cousins, and, and all of them, <laughs> including Ira, lived in that one duplex together. Now, the one thing <laughs> that I will always remember about my visit there that day was that uh, I felt a lot of love in that house. And, and um, now, it may have been a little crowded, but uh, <laughs> I still felt the love, joy, the harmony, and the togetherness because they all just seemed to get along so well with one another. And it just... It was just a blessing to see that, you know, to be a part of it. And uh, Ira's mother, Mrs. Jesse Parks, and, and his aunt, Miss Willie Brown, were both very nice and friendly to me from the very beginning. 
and our siblings too, Lisa and William both too, were really nice and sweet to me. And when Ira got drafted into the military in 19, later on in 68, I still kept in touch with his family, um, Miss Jessie Parks and Miss Willie Brown. And then on January the 1st, the, excuse me, the 4th, 1970, Ira and I got married. And that was when I really felt like I was in the family then. <laughs> so Miss Willie Brown became my Aunt Willie too. <laughs> Now, I still stayed with my mom because Ira was still in the military. But uh, anyway, well, this is why he was gone. But we didn't have, um, that was because we didn't have a place of our own yet. But I would visit with mom and Aunt Willie while Ira was stationed in th at three different Air Force bases over a two-year period. And then after our first child was born, Michelle, Louise, uh, we became even closer as a family. Me, Mom, and Aunt Willie, Lisa, and William. And everybody just loved Shell because she was the first grandbaby to be born into their family, to our family. <laughs> and so um, a life and everything else was going along real fine until on Sunday, May the 1st, 1994, a tragedy struck. Aunt Willie's youngest son, Josh Anthony Brown, had a massive heart attack at 34 years of age, and he died. And that was the saddest day in Aunt Willie's life. It was such a tremendous loss to her and to Stan and to the whole Alexander family. Aunt Willie was devastated because, until I was afraid that she wouldn't make it. It it's really you know, upset me and scared me because it was too much for her to handle, seemed like. But praise God, the Lord strengthened her, and eventually, he eventually brought her out of that. Thank the Lord, and he brought her through it. And it just took a few years, though. And as we know, time heals all wounds, so slowly but surely, Aunt Willie began to return to her normal, fun-loving, bubbly, lively self. And she started enjoying life once again. And every time we visited Aunt Willie or Mom, they always had the TV on some game. It was either uh, college basketball or uh, NBA basketball, because Aunt Willie was definitely a Carolinas fan. She loved Carolina. <laughs> and, or either football or it would be baseball on, because Iris Mom and Aunt Willie both were huge sports fans. They knew everything there was to know about each and every sport that they liked, that they watched, and they had their favorite teams. Everybody loved Aunt Willie, and she loved everybody. She always made you feel welcome into her home. She was a good cook as well. She always made you feel loved and very special. At least she made me feel loved and very special. She had a very pleasing personality, a great sense of humor, and she always had a very interesting conversation with you or for you because she loved to read. She read everything. Boy, I tell you, she never, uh, I never heard her. Oh, yeah, she read books, magazines, newspaper, excuse me, newspaper articles, especially the Bible and her daily devotionals. And she loved them so well that each year for her birthday, I always bought her a 365-day 
devotional, a new one, and she always bragged about how much she loved reading it. Anyway, and um, uh, Aunt Willie, I never heard her say an unkind word to anyone or about anyone. She always had a kind word to say about everybody. And she believed in live and let live, so she never tried to tell people how to live their lives, but she never passed up the opportunity to encourage young people to do the right thing. And I want you to know, Aunt Willie was a true woman of God, and we miss her so much. We were with her a couple of weeks ago at the emergency room, and Aunt Willie was, after they revived her, my goodness, she was so full of life. She was praising God. She witnessed to the nurses and the doctors in the emergency room, and she had, had them crying. She was telling them, she said, all you have is family. She said, you have to love your family. You have to stick together with your family. And she and she she witnessed to them so, and she was praising God so, to one nurse said, I, I got to I got to go call my mama. Because <laughs> evidently she and her mother had been getting along. But after Aunt Willie witnessed, oh, my goodness, everybody was in there crying. And uh, the doctors and nurses, everybody. So she just was a joy to be around. And they just fell in love with her. And she was only in there for one day. <laughs> but praise God, she was able to come home for about a week and then, Anyway, you know the rest. Thank you so uh, much. To God be all thank the glory. So we much. praise and thank God for her life thank and her so legacy. Much, and we want you, Stanley, to keep it up, okay? All right. Thank you so God much. Bless. And I just want to say two minutes or less. Two minutes or less. Thank you so much. It's all right to be secular for two minutes. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, Dr. Scott, my illustrious pastor of this great church, the uh, our members of our clergy, I greet you all, our family, the beautiful, my beautiful family, <clears throat> our beautiful church family and friends. I greet you all in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior and our Lord. As my wife has just explained to you all how beautiful and how strong and, uh, our Aunt Willie was. She was truly, truly a blessing. And <clears throat> I've never been in her company where it was a dull moment. She always was one that would, would uh, encourage us to do what is right. She loved the Lord with all her heart. And she was so good. cooking some dinners that I always would always sometimes call up to get recipes for her to show her how to do this. So she was, like I say, a very good, sweet lady. She was courage, she was courageous, she was funny, and she always had a, a, a bright side to look at things, even when sometimes things wasn't so bad, so good. Um, and during our family gatherings, we had plenty of those, and through all those gatherings, we, we just had a great time. We always had a good time together, and especially during the times when the uh, playoffs would come with the basketball and with the pro games. Um, um, uh, Josh and her and Aunt Willie's favorite uh, pro team was the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> 
So after Josh passed, somehow or another, she wound up in the Stiller Nation. <laughs> also, her favorite college ball was continuing uh, the Tar Heels. Uh. But anyway, we always had fun during those times and Christmas and picnics. It was just a great time all the time. And we all continued to love and, and, and um, gave each other all the glory and the praise. Thank God we never did have any fallings out of anybody doing all that other crazy stuff. But anyway, we are here and, uh, right now. She was the last of her generation. And now uh, the next one is myself, Stan, and uh, Lisa. So we're the next. And I, I'm the oldest. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, she loved God, and <clears throat> uh, she was a lifelong member of this church, and she served in various ministries as she was a, when she was a young girl. Uh, um, um, her favorite uh, seat was right over there, about six rows back over there on the left. And she would come here. <laughs> anyway, her and mom would be sitting there, and, and I sometimes I'd go over there and sit with them, and and uh, sometimes I would, I'd be in the middle of them, and the first thing I would, would happen, they'd be in there writing them papers with the them little uh, uh, papers with had to, had peppermints written uh, twisted up in both of them, would give me a peppermint, and. and I got to thinking, so one time I said, hey, Grace, she must think my, my, my breath must be so bad or something. Because, but they would, they would faithfully give me those peppermints. And at Christmas time, my aunt would give me this big, huge peppermint candy, cane. And I tell you, boy, it would take me about June. I'd be done about finished the last piece of it. <laughs> they were characters, man. And they were just like two peas in a pot. They loved each other. It was inseparable. You saw one, you saw the other. I guess I would thank I thank you all that you know that we are the uh, offspring of that family, and I hope and pray that we'll continue to love each other and gravitate to each other as we continue to go on and on because we do have some I do have myself have a great grand, so this, the family is still growing. Uh, thank you, God. Uh, <clears throat> I would miss seeing them on that pew. But Jesus said he was going to prepare a place for those who love him. The Bible said that there's uh, no eye has seen or no ear has heard, no mind has, con has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. That's first Corinthians, second chapter 9 in IV. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? My prayer is for all of us to meet in that place someday. God bless you all. Thank you. Thank you all so, so very much. Um, Michael Alexander will come at this time after he comes um, digging a training, Karen Archibald and um, Brother Stanley Brown come in that order. Thank you.
church, Pastor Drama and his family. I feel very honored to have been asked to speak at Mom Willie's homegoing today. So when I was thinking about what I wanted to say about Mom Willie today, there really wasn't much to say that everyone who knew her already knows. Everyone here knows how kind, loving, and thoughtful she was. Everyone here knows that she loved her two sons, Josh, rest in peace, and Stanley. Everyone here knows that she loved her family without exception. Everyone here certainly knows that she loved her Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, amen. Everyone here knows that she loves St. Paul Baptist Church. And everyone here knows that she loves sports and football, especially the New York Giants. With that in mind, I, I want to briefly share some of my personal memories of, about her, as I'm sure that everyone here has as many, if not more, than I do. Mine Willie was a giving soul, and for years, I always received a card on a birthday and on Christmas without fail. So one year, I received a birthday card a couple of days late. As was her way, she put a note inside the card that said, nephew, I'm late this year, but chalk it up as an error of the mind and not of the heart. So in return each year, I always sent her a huge, one-of-a-kind custom-made balloon arrangement along with a fruit basket. Everyone here knows she liked fruit. I can remember once when I had stopped by to visit her one day, and as we were talking, just out of the clear blue, she said she wanted a fruit basket. So I told her, I'll get you one. I have one sent over here. Somehow I forgot to send it. And sometime later, I called to check on her and to say hello. So as we were talking, she said in a calm, loving voice, you forgot my fruit basket, huh? <laughs> I replied, Aunt Willie, please chalk this up as an error of the mind and not of the heart. But I took that fruit basket by there the next day myself. She always got a kick out of those balloons and kept them on display in her home until the air went out. What I never told her was that the balloons were filled with helium instead of air. So they stayed up a much longer time. My balloons were, she, where was that? Much longer time. They always made her so happy. And she would tell me whenever I called, my balloons are still up after a month. And I'm not trying to take them down until the air comes out. And if you've been to our house lately, you'll see this year's balloons are still there. So, she told me a couple of weeks ago in the hospital, and she wasn't even feeling well, that the reason that I had bought so many balloons this year was so that I wouldn't have to buy any next year. She looked at me and smiled. I looked at her and smiled back, as did everyone in the room. She still had her sense of humor and made everyone feel better. I also remember one day while visiting, we got to talking about football. And she told me that she had never seen a live football game before and had never got a chance to see her beloved New York 
Giants. As everyone knows, she lived in New York for years and years and years. Well, it just so happened that year the Panthers were playing the Giants at home. I bought us two tickets on the 50-yard line, called her up, and said, Auntie, I'm taking you to see the Panthers whoop your team next week. I'll pick you up at 9 a.m. next Sunday. She was standing at the door when I got there. And just like that, we were off on an adventure together. Before the game, I took her to the Landmark restaurant on Central Avenue for a big old-fashioned breakfast. She had liver mush, eggs, grits, toast, jelly, orange juice, and a big glass of water. From there, we went straight downtown to the stadium. I paid extra to park very close so that her walk would be minimal. Once we got in our seats, she looked around the stadium in awe and said, gosh, I've never seen, been with this many people in one place at one time in my life. She was the only Giants fan sitting in our section, so of course she took a lot of good-natured ribbing from Panther fans each time we scored, including me. But she rooted for them Giants till the end, even though they lost. She was so happy that day that after the game, she kissed me on the cheek and said, Michael, thank you for making this one of the best days of my life. Her words were so sincere that tears began to flow down my face. And as we were walking out, people were looking at me like, he must be a Giants fan. But our adventure didn't end just then. As we walked out of the stadium, I became disoriented for some reason, and I couldn't find my car. After about 30, so I had her sit down while I continued to look for the car. After about 30 minutes of searching with no results, I called Stanley and told him my predicament and to come and pick up Aunt Willie. Of course, Stan came right down, picked his mom up. Then he asked me, he says, Mike, have you looked directly across the street in that parking deck? Well, I hadn't for some reason. And when I did, sure enough, there was my car sitting right where I parked it, all by itself. All the other cars were gone. But this is how Aunt Willie was. Still, she was very concerned about me the whole time, and we didn't laugh about it that day. But days later, she called to see if I was all right. I told her I was. Then she says, well, that's what you get for talking about my team. <laughs> we both fell out laughing. I never told anyone the story of the day I temporarily lost my mind until today. I could really go on and on because I have so many precious memories of my Aunt Willie that will stay with me forever. But in closing, I would like to read to you this, this handwritten note that Aunt Willie sent to me in a Christmas card last year. The note said, and I quote, to Michael and Marion from Aunt Willie, my family is precious to me whether we are gathered in one room or spread across miles. We are always one. Today, the tradition continues. When I say that you are dear to me, I hold you in my heart with a card, gift, or simple act of kindness. I share love with no repercussions. And my heart welcomes every expression of love from you. Our energy grows through both giving and receiving. 
may you know that I love you forever, unquote. That was my Aunt Willie Brown, a beautiful soul with a kind, caring spirit. I miss her so very much this day. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Good afternoon. My name is Karen Archibald, and I am a deacon in training here at St. Paul Baptist Church. As a deacon in training, I was given the assignment to call the disciples of St. Paul to check on them to see if they had needs to pray with and make sure that they knew that their church family was there for them, especially during the pandemic. Of all the people on my list to call, I developed a special bond with Miss Willie Louise Brown. Not only did she have the same middle name as my beloved grandmother, as we talked, I learned that she was also warm, kind-hearted, loving, caring Christian lady who cared for the needs of others and didn't want to impose upon me when I asked if she needed anything. I had to strongly encourage her that it was not a problem for me to go get her some groceries. She didn't need to be going out during the pandemic to pick up groceries, especially before there was a vaccine. She let me know that she was faithful in attendance at church, driving herself before the pandemic. We talked of being able to see each other after the pandemic. Not to mention, she was faithful in her stewardship. Then I learned that she and I share the same birthday month. I decided I wanted to share in celebrating her 92 years of life with her by bringing her a special meal. When I brought the meal, she showed me all the love of her family and friends, and I think it must have been one of those balloon arrangements that filled her home. And she was so happy and so grateful for the love shown by her family. What did I learn in this short period of knowing Miss Willie Louise Brown? She loved God, she loved her family, she loved her church family. She loved worshiping God, praising him for all of his blessings. So to you, the family, I understand what a great loss you feel. In that short time, I experienced the love that I had with my own grandmother. And so I say to you, my love and prayers are with you. Thank you. Uh, first of all, 
I want to say thank you, St. Paul Baptist Church, for allowing me to have a home going to my mom's service. Thank you, Monica. You've been awesome. Walk, helping me walk through this, this uh, situation. And I want to say thank you to this family. Um, I want to say thank you to this family because my mom lived to be 92 years old, and she didn't get to 92 years old because of something I did. It's, late, it's mostly because of you guys that my mom got to be 92 years old. And I want to say thank you to Ira and Eloise. Um, you've always been there for my mom. I don't care what would happen, Ira would always be the first person there, hospital, anything need to be done to my home, my mom's home, he would always be there. And I just want to say thank you, Ira and Eloise, because you guys are responsible for my mom reaching 92 years old. I also want to thank Gail Turner, you are responsible for my mom reaching 92 years old. Gail would always call my mom almost every day. She'd go by there, drop Gil sauce. She showed my mom so much love. She became like a sister to me. And I just want to say thank you, Gail, for everything you've done. I remember one time I, I got a call, and Gail had took mom and Aunt Stella, I mean mom, and Aunt Krista to the beach. I said, Gail. Where y'all, where you got my mom? We down here to the beach and we stopping and eating and everything else. Gail breathed life into my mom and helped her make it to 92 years old. And she was like a, you know, kid. Got my mom way down in the murder beach at 90 years old. <laughs> so I was like, you know, so Gail, thank you for being part of helping my mom reach the age of 92 years old. I want to say thank you to Pastor Carl Turner. Carl Turner is the reason my mom reached the age of 92 years old. Every time I turn around, Gail would call me up and say, Stan, my brother, she wouldn't say Pastor Turner, my brother done gave Aunt Willis some money. I said, what? She said, yeah, he done gave Aunt Willis some money. So I said, how much did he give her? She said, I don't know. And like, she got mad, right? She went, he got mad because he wouldn't tell how much money she gave us. So I said, Ma, he gave you some money, yeah? I said, how much he gave you? She just looked at me and smiled and said, I ain't going to tell you. And every time she, he gave us some money, it seemed like 10 years went off her life. She started going and, 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 and you know, I'm serious, y'all. When he, That money had some anointed on it because mom used to get look young when she got that money in her pocket. So, Pastor Turner, thank you for blessing my mother and being part of helping my mom reach the age of 92 years old. I want to thank you, say, William and Lisa Parks. My mom stayed over on Jesse's house with William and Lisa. And mom used to always come home with uh, grilled food. And she used to love William's grilled food. Every time I, she'd come home on the weekend, she'd go over there Friday night, wouldn't be back on Sunday, and she'd bring all this food in there. William been grilling again. And she loved William and Lisa and I, Jessa. So, uh, William, Lisa, thank you for being part of helping my mom reach the age of 92 years old. I want to say thank you for Tanya and Reginald. Tanya, you know my mom love you. She, she um, always spent the holidays with you. Reginald, thank you for taking care of Tanya and my mom. They look, she used to love being with you guys during the holiday season. And this is going to be one of the first holiday seasons that she's not going to be with you guys. But she is with you right here. Amen? All right. I also want to thank... Um, Mary, where Mary at? Mary, 
Thank you for being there and helping me through this last two or three weeks that I had to go through with my mom. Mary was showing up at my mom's door every day. Food, personal items, um, toiletries. And, you know, I was trying to cook mom some food early in the mornings during the time when she was going through. And I remember one, one morning I had cooked some eggs and took it to mom. I said, Mom, I'll cook you some, some eggs this morning. She looked at me and she said, Mary going to bring me a hot breakfast. I, I, just, I said, whatever. <laughs> you know? I also want to thank Alvin Rowland. Are you here? Uh, this is a guy that was like my best friend. And he always has been there for me, me and my mom. And I want to say thank you, Alvin. And um, I'll tell you that personally. I also want to thank Dara Studdermint, who um, is not able to make this funeral today, but she's been, you know, really taking this hard, and I guess a lot of you know Dara. Um, she loved my mom. She was like a daughter to my mom, and she was there every step of the way. Um, I want to especially thank Carl and Maria Alexander. From the moment all this started, Carl and his wife drove all the way from Columbia, South Carolina, had me at the church took me to the Grills Funeral Home and took me to the graveyard and walked me through this hard process that I've had to deal with over the last week or so. Carl has been my right-hand man, and we've always been close. But Carl has taught me something that I found that a lot of people have forgotten to do. And, and there was moments in time that I was breaking down because this has been a process for me. And Carl and, and Maria taught me something that I hope to, you, to do if anything happened to somebody that I love. And every time that I would have a hard time, Carl would just grab me by the hand and say, Stan, everything's going to be all right. He didn't quote no scriptures. He didn't come around talking about the Bible. He didn't come around trying to be this spiritual giant. Only thing he did was every time I had a hard time, him and Maria would just take me by the hand and say, Stan, everything's going to be all right. And I want to say thank you, Carl, for being there for my mom, especially his birthday was two days before my mom, so they always share birthdays together. So, Carl, thank you for being a part of helping my mom reach the age of 92 years old. Thank and, you. ladies and gentlemen, I want y'all to introduce my fiance, Marilyn Williams. She's from Greenville, Mississippi. Um, she drove all the way from Jackson, Mississippi to Memphis, Tennessee, which is 90 miles, got on the airplane, flew to Chicago, and from Chicago to Charlotte, and she did all that just to come here and celebrate my mom's home going with me. Marilyn has been there for my mom. My mom loved Marilyn. She's a nurse practitioner. She knew all the things that I didn't know, like, you know, cleaning my mom and going through all the things that we went through, and she was just unbelievable and really kind of extended a little bit, a few more days for what she did. So, Marilyn, I want to personally say thank you for being a part of helping my mom reach the age of 92 years old. And I also want to thank Pastor Robin Gould. Pastor Gould has been calling me, praying with me, and doing all the things that a pastor should do to reach the age of 92 years old. And I just want this family to know that my mom didn't reach the age of 92 years old on, on her own. You guys are the ones that's responsible for my mom to reach the age of 92 years old. Amen. say thank you to Ira and Eloise Alexander and Michael Alexander, Deacon in Training, Karen Archibald, and you, Brother Stanley Brown. Thank you so much 
for your words of tribute for the life of Sister Willie Louise Brown. I want to say thank you to each and every one of you for being here. You didn't have to come by here today, but I want to thank you on behalf of Stanley and his family. Thank you so much for coming by here. If you sent a card to them, if you made a phone call, if you stopped by the house, whatever you have done to assist them during this time of bereavement, I want to say thank you. But I also want to say to you, don't let today be the last day that you reach out to them because they're going to need you more after today. So can we agree that we're going to continue to reach out? Amen. That's amen. That's the way we signify. We signify that way. I want you to know that we will continue to call you in the days and in the weeks and the months to come. Amen. After the singing of our next um, musical selection, we will hear the voice of the pastor of this church, the Reverend Dr. Robert C. Scott. Uh, put your hands together as he comes um, and gives the word of God. Come on, let's give God some praise. Shall descend. 
Can we give God praise for the Hopkins for their gift of song and music that they provided for us at this time? Thank you all so, so very, very much um, for your time and, and energy and effort uh, in blessing this family through this particular moment. Um, before I get to my message, I just want to acknowledge uh, the pastors and ministers that are here to give support to this family, uh, Reverend Taylor and um, I believe Bishop, and I want to make sure I get this right, uh, Bishop Lancaster. If you would stand, would you stand, uh, Reverend Taylor and Bishop Lancaster, would you stand? God bless you all. Thank you, Bishop, for being here with this family uh, to share with them and to give your support. I know that they are greatly appreciative of what you have uh, shared as far as your presence is concerned. Sometimes um, the ministry of presence goes a long, long way in letting the family know how much uh, you love them and you care for them. To all of you all who have shared so wonderfully as far as your uh, time of remembrance is concerned, I know it is greatly appreciated uh, to Brother Stanley and of course, Brother Stanley continues to have uh, many thank yous that I know he will probably share at a later time. Um, we want to let him and this family know, and particularly um, Deacon Ira, as well as Deacon and Trainer Eloise, um, let you all know how we here at the St. Paul Church want to continue to encourage you in this time of loss. It's like losing a second mother. And so uh, I can only imagine how tough this time is. Um, a lot has been said about uh, Sister Willie Louise Brown. The word eulogy uh, in the original Latin means to speak well of, and you all have done that so wonderfully and so graciously. And uh, I want to thank you all for your sharing um, and when you talk about somebody that you love, uh, those memories go on. And one thing I will say is that when you love somebody, grief is the price you pay for love. You never really get over this, but God will give you the strength to deal with it. And so um, while we say 92 years is a long time, um, for you, Brother Stanley, uh, this is your mother, and you're going to miss her. And um, the days and weeks and months to come, the pain will diminish, but you will never get over it. And that's okay. Um, um, that is all right. I want to, for the time that is mine, just share a passage of Scripture with you. Um, and it goes something like this. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. For in my father's house there are many mansions, and if it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also. That's Jesus talking. Thomas then says, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How shall we know the way? 
Jesus basically said in so many words, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man, no woman, boy, or girl, that's my interjection, can come to the Father except by me. Just want to talk about for a few brief moments, arrangements for Willie. Arrangements for Willie. Um, God allowed Mother Willie Louise Brown to see 92 years of life. The word of God says that if we see fourscore year and, and 10, which is 70, we ought to consider ourselves blessed. And if by 80, for reason of strength, that's really a blessing. So God allowed for her to see eight score year plus 12, 92 years uh, of life. And God is to be praised for that. God is to be praised for that. Um, a mother, uh, a grandmother, a sibling, a friend, but more importantly, a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Mother Willie Louise Brown pitched her tent as far as her discipleship here at the St. Paul Church. And of course, when health, life, and strength allowed her, she was very active and engaged in this ministry, particularly during the drumming years. Uh, to Brother Stanley, God is going to give you the strength to navigate this moment, and God's going to send people your way that's going to uphold your arms. You don't have to be strong. Lean on others, because as you lean on others, that's God giving you what you need at this time. Um, one of the things that I want you to understand is that when you know who God is in the pardon of your sins, that the words of John become so true and so clear. She was a lifelong member of this church. She served in various ministries and missions for the St. Paul Church. And, of course, you heard uh, our deacon in training, uh, Sister Karen Archibald, mention how when she reached out to her, she tried to flip the script on her and said, no, it's not about what I need, but it's about what you all need. And so I want to say to all of those that attended to her, God has something very special as far as the gift and graces that you dropped in her space. She was, prior to the pandemic, faithful in her attendance, even when her body would not allow it. And you got a whole lot of folks that can come to church and didn't come to church prior to the pandemic. But she somehow managed to make her way to 1401 Allen Street. And not only was she faithful in the attendance prior to the pandemic, but she was faithful in her stewardship, even through the pandemic. Um, and one thing that I have discovered when it comes to giving, that, that God does not look at the amount that you give more so than he looks at the heart and the intent of your giving. And what do I mean by that? I mean that there are some people who give a large amount but could do a lot better because they ain't really giving. But then there are those who are given the widow's might and God touches and blesses that in a miraculous and marvelous way. I, I want to thank God for Sister Willie Louise Brown. And I want to let you all know that 
because of her faithfulness as far as her discipleship to God through Jesus Christ that God has prepared another place for her and that God has something a whole lot better than this world can offer. Now, I don't want to dismiss the mere fact that we are here today, may be few in number, but we are here today because we are dealing with the stark reality that death has come our way once again. James is so right when he says that life is but a vapor. Here today, gone tomorrow. 92 years, when you look at it against the backdrop of eternity, is nothing. But when you know who Jesus Christ is and you got your business fixed and your mind made up, 92 years become the catalyst for you to enjoy eternity. Let's be honest. That in those 92 years, she had some ups and some downs. She had some highs and she had some lows. She had some sunny days and she had some stormy nights. That's just part of being human and living in this tenement of clay. But, but yet, when you get connected to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, God, by the power of his spirit, drops something into your soul that says there's got to be something beyond this veil of tears. That there's got to be something better than what this world has to offer. There has to be better, something better than COVID-19 and crazy presidents and inflation rising and things of that sort. There's got to be something better than this world. The only reason that we're here right now is because our biblical foreparents, Adam and Eve, jacked stuff up. Destroyed the perfect paradise that you and I had and created separation between us and God and among each other. And so we're reminded at this moment of the writings of scripture. We came from dust and we shall return to dust. And Job was right. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. But I'm glad that God gives us another chance for us to get this thing right. Because even though death has a claim upon our bodies, it does not have to have a claim upon our spirits. That when you and I know who Jesus Christ is in the pardon of our sin, that death really becomes an escort for us to make the transition from time temporal to time eternity while letting God through Jesus Christ lead us to that blessed place beyond. Because Sister Willie knew who Jesus Christ was as her Lord and Savior, death ain't nothing but mere sleep. And so because of that, I'm glad to give you all one thing if you don't take it away. Death does not have the last word. That, that's, that's why Jesus said, Brother Stanley, uh, in sharp contrast to what we're dealing with right now, let not your heart be troubled. He's talking to his disciples. Let not your heart be troubled. Uh, if you believe in God, believe also in, in me. And, and here's what Jesus is dealing with as he's talking to his disciples because Jesus is getting ready to say, I'm out of here because I'm getting ready to go down the cross and y'all not going to have me like you have me right now. He's letting his disciples know, let not your heart be troubled. But the disciples back then had a lot of reason to be troubled. Why? Because they were following this semi-literate ghetto preacher from Nazareth who was not part of the 
in the crowd and they had left their family and friends and occupations and hopes and dreams of following a revolutionary of liberation to the occupied people of Palestine but Jesus did not fit their modality of what they were looking for because he's talking about I'm getting ready to leave you and here's the problem the problem is they had no earthly idea where he was going but the, the problem was they, they felt he was going to die and yet they have placed all their hopes and dreams and aspirations on this man from Nazareth. And here's Jesus saying, don't worry, be not afraid. I got everything under control. I have all the arrangements taken care of. So what words of hope can I give for you in this time of you? Dealing with the loss of your mother, your aunt, your sibling, your friend, a fellow disciple. A couple of things and I'll bid you all to do. And if you don't believe anything else, I want you to believe this. When Jesus said, don't be troubled, don't be troubled. You missed your cue shout. Let me say that again. When Jesus said, don't be troubled, don't be troubled. Why? Because fear has the capacity to drop into our spirit stuff that ain't going to most likely ever come to pass. This is a good word for any of us right now who is dealing with anxiety. Because one thing we as humans do a great job of is worry. And when we worry, our minds become complex, perplexed and confused. Why? Because we're worrying about stuff that ain't going to ever come to pass. But here's what Jesus is saying. Jesus says, uh, with my life, I'm going to verify the very fact that you don't have to feel like you're in trouble. Why? Because if you believe in God, you need to believe also in me. Why should you believe also in me? Because I am God in the flesh and I'm going to do some stuff in the flesh that you will never imagine in your wildest life. Here, here's what I'm going to do for you in the flesh. I'm going to do for you in the flesh what none of the prophets and the patriarchs were able to do. I'm going to handle death myself. And I'm going to handle death in such a way that when I'm finished with death, death will not have the power or the prestige it once had. So he's saying, if you believe in God, believe also in me because what? I'm the fleshly articulation of God in the flesh. You can always go to God and get his guidance and help and assurance. Why? Because Jesus Christ has come that we might have life and we might have it more abundantly. But also, let me tell you this, death should not be our ultimate fear. I, I, I know that sounds harsh with you looking at a casket and your mother is gone. Death should not be a Christian's ultimate fear. Why? I don't know all the details. I don't understand how God does it. But I believe that when a person dies knowing Jesus Christ... Somehow God translates them into his presence. I, I, I don't understand eschatologically how that takes place. I can't give you the theological or soteriological aspects of all of that. All I know is that when a believer dies in Christ, they wake up in the presence of our God. Paul said it best to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. I want y'all to understand that the Bible tells us that heaven is a glorious place. It is a prepared place for a prepared people. And I want you to understand that Jesus gets our anxiety at this point. 
I, I, I know um, that that when I I travel, I, I I did a lot of traveling prior to COVID, and 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 my schedule is picking back up. And one of the things that that I I know about my travel is this that. That, that whenever I'm getting ready to go from Charlotte to wherever I'm going, my executive assistant, Deborah, wants to make sure that I'm not flying by the seat of my pants. In other words, she wants to make sure that everything is prepared for me. Who's going to pick me up? Who's going to make sure I get to where I'm supposed to be going? Uh, where am I staying? Who's going to make sure that I get to the event that I'm supposed to be speaking of? All I'm letting you all know is that what Jesus is doing in John 14, 1 through 6, is letting us know that he has already prepared the place for Sister Willie Louise Brown because he said, in my father's house, there are many mansions, and if it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you and if I go to prepare a place for you watch this I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am there you may be also here's what I love about the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ that I worship and I'm preaching about right now he did not leave any of this to anybody else he wanted to make sure that sister Willie's arrangements were taken care of by his hands so let me if I could close this thing out because we got to get to New York. Because Jesus says, I'm not leaving this to chance. I'm the one. Here's my shout right here. I'm about to run around this church. I- I'm the one that's going to take care of all of this. Here's what I want you to understand. That because of your mama's faith. Because of Sister Willie's faith. She didn't encounter death by herself. Uh, as a matter of fact, I would contend it wasn't death that took her by the hand, but I contend that it was Jesus that took her by the hand. And, and I contend that Jesus led her through the pain of the path that he has already traveled. Because if I could trust Jesus in this life, I feel a preach coming on, that I could trust him in the life to come. There's no need to fear now. There's no need to fear later. Why? Because Jesus has already taken care of everything that we need him to have taken care of. I ain't telling you something I wish for. I ain't telling you something that I think about. I'm here to let you know that he has already prepared the way for all of us. When we confess him as our Lord and as our Savior. Um, Brother Michael, you talked about them balloons. Those balloons were filled with helium. Uh, those balloons were filled with helium and, and if you play with those type of balloons, you can suck the helium and it'll make you talk funny. Those, those balloons were filled with helium and I discovered that if you leave those balloons alone, they'll stay in the air for a long, long time. And they'll stay in the air for a long, long time, but sooner or later, it will come down. Well, because it's part of the earth rim. But here's why I want you to know that the other day, Your mama, Mama Willie, was filled with something better than helium and hydrogen. She was filled with the spirit of God. And it was that spirit that made its ascension to another place. It was that spirit that made its ascension beyond the atmosphere, beyond the stratosphere, beyond the exosphere, beyond the galaxies, beyond the planet, beyond the star 
was, it went to that place of the heavens of heaven. And that's what Jesus has already taken care of. And that's why you and I are able to say the words. He dealt with it on a hill called Calvary. And I'm glad that he died on a hill called Calvary. I feel my preach coming on now. But he did not stay on that cross because they placed him in a borrowed tomb and he stayed in that tomb all night Friday night y'all got that excuse me go ahead and preach the gospel he stayed in that tomb all day Saturday he stayed in that tomb all night Saturday night but I believe I got a few Baptist folks they ain't afraid to say early one Sunday morning he got up with all power in his hand. Uh, What power you got, Jesus? I got power over sin. Uh, I got power over death. Uh, I got power over the grave. Uh, And that's why we can say, oh, death, where is your sting? Uh, Oh, grave, where is your victory? Uh, The sting of death is sin uh, and the strength of sin is the law. Uh, But thanks be to God uh, who gives us the victory. Uh, Therefore, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord because your labor is not in vain. Sister Willie, thank you for your service. Sister Willie, thank you for your stewardship. Sister Willie, thank you for the salvation that God has given you because your work, your service, your stewardship, and your salvation is not in vain. So give God praise in the by and by and one day we'll see you on the other side. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. What a word. What a word. What a word. Have we been blessed today? Have you been blessed? Praise the Lord. We're going to continue these services at York Memorial Park. I'm going to ask everyone to stand except for the family. I'm going to invite the funeral directors to return here as we will exit Through those doors, to God we give the glory. What a word we have heard today. To God, to God we give the glory. The ministers will come and we will exit out of these doors and the family will follow. We need for particularly some of our sisters to serve as flower bearers. Those that will be serving as pallbearers. Could you come to the front to my right? Um, Those that would be serving as pallbearers. Could you come? Preferably our brothers, if you would come to serve as pallbearers, we would greatly appreciate that. God bless you. We appreciate that. Those that would be serving as flower bearers, would you come as well? Follow the directions of the ushers. I mean, of our uh, funeral directors. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even my enemies and my foes came upon me. They stumbled and they fell. Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. 
though war shall rise against me, and this will I be confident. One thing that I desire that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble he shall hide me, and the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set my foot upon a rock. The Lord is my shepherd. makes me lie down in the green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup 